Because I, <laughs> in my view, when I heard it, I'm like, man, I see these white people flipping it. Like, what can we get these niggas? Repar- reparations. Da, da, da. <laughs> what's that shit? <laughs> like, That's exactly what it did. What's that, what's that holiday? What's that, what's that cookout thing they do? Yeah, shit. I was in Texas how they, last. How they looked at reparations up? <laughs> so, and I can see somebody like a Ted Cruz. We can always give him reparations. <laughs> What up, what up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. I'm Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Join my co-host, Flex Master Flex, Buff, Bagwell, Lil' Evil, the man that walks around daily with a financial tank top on, flexing his muscles. And then we got Rozzy. (laughs) <laughs> that's definitely the other way around. We've had this conversation. That's exactly it. No, that's it. That's many it. Times. You just walk around with you know how you just like walk that dude they just walk around with the tank top flexing for no reason. Byron does that financially. Mm-hmm. You have a financial tank top, sir. No, no, yeah, no. So no, but I mean, just a little little stuff like the watches and things like that. Like you know what Subtle to fl- buy. To make sure that you know that that is just a little flexy, but because I what I can't remember who said it, but they were like, you know, um, I got a phone to tell time. My watch tells my um, my status. <laughs> I did hear that. That's true. I did hear that. That is true. But listen, <laughs> R- Rosie, I am surprised that you are even talking about watches after that flex move you pulled. What was that about a, a year ago? Half a year ago, for about six yeah, months ago, yeah. so I can't even believe you going there with the watches, bro. Because you like you're, you're like King Flex. <laughs> so you talking about the time that you were gonna that time that you bought the watch and Rise is like, oh, I like that, and bought it too. Yes. After you bought the same, bought After the watch. You bought yeah. the watch. I'm a so, follower. Like, this, I'm a follower, yeah. buff. <laughs> <laughs> man, so even man. in your even in your your, your off flex, you're flexing. But here, and so here, it's not like yeah, a, you know. See, this, yeah. this is what I want yeah. the listeners to know. The difference is. Okay, just background story. I wanted to go to um, South of France for my 40th birthday, but COVID happened. So, you know, I was like, I'm going to splurge on myself. So I bought myself some gifts. And one of those gifts were two watches. Okay, 40th birthday. Rosie just bought it because it was a Tuesday. That's the difference. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the difference. <laughs> it was a good deal, though. See, it was see a good deal. I, I got it on sale, bro. <laughs> so, so many flexes in this one story. So, I wanted to go to the south of France. It was 40th birthday. No. That's like me trying to go to Paris, Texas. <laughs> I, I, I went to the Blue Flame. Yeah, you you talking about? I want to go to uh, South of France. I went to the Blue Flame. Oh, ain't no telling what you would have done if, if 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 everything was open and clear. There's no telling what you would have done, bro. You've been in Greece somewhere. That picture that everybody posts with the restaurant next I to the not, water. I will not go to Santorini. Oh, no. I will not go to Santorini <laughs> now. It is on my band list. I cannot go to Santorini because everybody. You want to take a flowing dress? Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I if I do go, I'm taking a flowing dress picture. <laughs> Because you're gender fluid, right? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. But no, nah, bro. Uh, nice, nice watch. Nice gift uh, to yourself. You got to treat yourself. If you don't, uh, nobody else will. Well, I can't even say that. <laughs> because uh, let's talk about that, that robe you got. 
Okay, so this is like yeah, this is like the buff the buff hour. Okay, let's go, go, go. What you got? <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. That was just a nice. Is robe, it soft? Bro. Is it soft it's, as it looks? That's yeah. my question. It was just a bathrobe. It was a black bathrobe. Mm-hmm. Some dot robes that we very, dealt- yeah with some with some golden, very intricate, <laughs> you know, uh, square kind of things oh. that you know rhymes with Versace. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like you. <laughs> I feel like Versace you I think you just said the name. <laughs> that Versace you had. It, 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 that was a gift. That was a gift. Very nice gift. I'm just saying, bro. I'm very grateful for it. But you know, that's good. That's a good, bro. But how were your weeks, fellas? How how was it going? Uh well, since we started off with, with me, I was good. Uh as the two brothers are talking about, uh had like a little family trip in New York. And it was great because, as I've said a couple of times on this show, I have a 12-year-old and it's like very hard to please her these days because nothing is a big deal to her. But day one when we got to New York, we like stayed in Times Square and just to see her face light up. And she was in so awe. We're talking about a girl who doesn't like to walk anywhere. She could not get enough of just walking around. Like we literally, we walked. We came back to the room. We went and walked again. And then we were in the room. She's like, can we can we just go walk in one more time? So we walked like three times, Times Square, back to back, just just looking at all the different sites, man. And even when we got back to the room, she's just sitting on the couch, looking out the window at the bright lights and stuff. So that made me happy, man. Well, you've created a New York monster, so now you know that's where she wants to move. Well, when I yeah. jokingly said, hey, you're going to be a famous artist uh, living in the city one day, all she did was laugh and say, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> she didn't deny it. <laughs> Get ready, that NYU, that NYU tuition is no yeah. joke. Yeah. <laughs> Scholarship or whatever, something, help me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you, Buff? I mean, what about you, Rosie? No, you said it. Buff, Buff Jr., uh, you know, Buff Derivative. We can call it that, whatever. Uh, no, I'm just playing. But uh, no, I, it, this week was actually really eventful for me. Um, I I helped the bros with a Juneteenth presentation. We had a new line come out. We presented them, but we coupled it with a, a Juneteenth uh, event today. So I uh, spent the week kind of getting that together, doing voiceovers, those types of things, doing a little bit of, you know, audio work. Um, that I do for the podcast. So I did that for the bros. On top of uh, yesterday, uh, we had the endowment scholarship dinner. So the U- University of Alabama Alumni Association uh, celebrated the endowment of, you know, the Jenica Kimberly Scholarship. So that was pretty cool. Um, you know, her mom and her sisters came with me. We went down there uh, and celebrated that. So it's it's been a a heavy weekend or, or week leading up to it, but at the same time, a very fulfilling week. So I've been I've been trying to watch Fatherhood and get to it, but I couldn't because you know it's just all the emotions. I, I, I just was too emotioned out. Um, I didn't have the energy to spend. So maybe tomorrow during Father's Day we'll watch it with the kids or whatever. But um, I hear it's really really good, and I want to see how that works out. That's dope, man. I'm glad you uh you were able to have the the banquet and. The- that I saw the pictures and it just was heartwarming to see the family and everybody together. Um, yes, it is Juneteenth. You brought that up. We are actually recording. Today is Saturday, June 19th, better known as Juneteenth, the national holiday. 
So, I mean, we made it. You know, Juneteenth's a holiday, so... Woo! Yay! Racism is over in America, fellas. <laughs> I mean... Racism been over since Obama got elected. Remember? Uh, yeah. Oh. No, no, civil rights. Yeah. Civil rights. You know, 63, it was over, right? I mean, that, that's what did it. It's over again. Okay. There we go. There we go. Okay. It's over again. Right. Yeah. So, but, uh, what did, uh, I, I I love the post where they're talking about, you know, only in America can they sign Juneteenth as a national holiday, but states are not, or passing laws that you can't teach about Juneteenth mm. at the same time. It's, it's <sighs> asinine. Or CRT, or uh, it's just, it's... Yeah, it's, there's always the counter. I, I, I started reading. I, yeah, I started reading Critical Race Theory. It's actually really good. It's enlightening, man. It's really enlightening. So if you haven't got the books, I know everybody's kind of starting to kind of get their heads around it. And I started hearing a lot more about it, so I went ahead and bought the book so I could, you know, speak intelligently about it. Um, so the essential Critical Race Theory is actually, I think they're on the third edition now. That's the one I got. It gives you a really, really good overview. So that's what I'm reading. Uh, and then I I bought the um, the writings that give or the writings that led led to the critical race theory. Um, so that's just like really going to be heady. It's going to be educate like you know um, academic academic uh, works. So you might not want to uh, try to uh, try your hand at that one unless you really like reading kind of you know academic type of um, you know reports. But um, the the third edition of that critical race theory actually is really good. It it, it brings it down to kind of layman's terms and, and it's more personable. It's still pretty dry, though. So it's, it's not an exciting read at all. So I was actually looking at it. I'm probably going to get it on Audible because I'm traveling again for work. It's 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 ramping back up. But um, that's that's cool, man. Um, but speaking of the work, um, I want to start by saying screw FedEx. See, Rizzy, you didn't even have to edit me this time. So <laughs> FedEx, when I say they just gave me the runaround, basically my work phone broke Sunday when I was traveling. So Monday I called my IT guy. He's saying I'm going to next day air you your phone. It should be there between Tuesday, between 8 and 12. So I sit at my hotel, 8, 8 to 12, waiting on my phone at 12.01. The thing uh, refreshed and told me it would be there by the end of the day. So I get up, go run my errands, go meet with my my people, come back. Five o'clock It's not there. I'm like, well, I'll give them a seven, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock comes. It still says in the day. I'm like, well, it, it's not here. Worst case scenario, it'll be here. For, you know, since it'll be here eight to 12 today, worst case scenario, it'll be here first thing tomorrow because we, we paid the next day, Eric. Right. Wake up Wednesday morning. It says pending. So I called them. They tell me that it should be in route. They can't really tell me too much, but it should be in route. I told them I'm leaving, flying out today by the I need to leave my hotel by two o'clock. And they're like, "Okay, cool. We'll try to have there by two o'clock. Two o'clock comes. They don't have it. So I call FedEx again. And they told me that they couldn't help me, but they would have somebody call me back. So I, the person calls me back and basically like, I'm leaving. I'm out of town. I can't go to my hotel. Please ship it to my home address. They're like, cool. Wake up Thursday morning. 
still says pending. Then probably around 8.30, I get a text message that says, it's en route to the hotel at Oklahoma City. I'm not in Oklahoma City. Luckily, one of my installers was still in town. I hit him up saying, hey, can you stop by my hotel? My phone should be there around 10.30 because it says it should be there no later than 10.30 a.m. 10.30 a.m. comes around, not there. 10.31 comes around, refreshes and says, we'll be there by the end of the day. It's okay because my guy's supposed to be there leaving town about noon. So I'm like, okay, let's give him a little while. He called me one last time, Tavares, is your phone ready? No. So he's like, I got to get on the road. So I call FedEx, like, can you stop the package? Can you just take it back to the, the, the warehouse and just ship it to me as we said originally? Okay, Tavares. 12.55, I get a text message saying my phone has been delivered to the hotel. FedEx can't pick it up. They can't do anything with it. So I don't know anybody in OKC at this point in time. My work phone sitting there. My installer says, hey, I do have a brother who stays at OKC. I'll see if he can pick us up. So the guy picks it up. He picks my phone about 4.30. And he's saying, I'm going to mail it to you today. I'm going to try to next day it. So he gets to, I'm like, don't take it to FedEx. Go to UPS. He takes it to UPS. He calls. He's like, hey, it's $70, $80 to next day it. Um, like, what's the next big, uh, next one? He's like, I can get it there by Saturday for $45. Like, just, just do that. Cause at this point I'm not going to have it Friday anyway. So he sends a UPS $45. Get a text message from UPS. Well, I checked the tracking from UPS Friday afternoon. after I'm getting, I'm getting ready to get to work to make sure it's in route. It's sitting on my doorstep. But then it's in 12, 12 noon. So they got it there a day early. Basically UPS was able to deliver it Saturday. They got it there Sunday. FedEx got my shit there three days late to the place it wasn't supposed to go. So I, I say all that to say FedEx. Razor, sorry, you got to edit it. <laughs> so uh, that was my that was my 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 uh, PSA for the day. But I got more. I got another PSA. So <sighs> today is about June Juneteenth, and we talk about inclusivity a lot and not judging people. And I just realized I'm not there yet. I was, um, I think I want to say Wednesday or Thursday, one of the days I was going to get something to eat for the family. And I went to the restaurant to pick up our food. And there was an old black lady with a, a white Trump Keep America Great uh, hat. Keep America Great Again hat. <sighs> Boy. You remember the last episode when I was saying Sky was just staring at that uh, the transgender uh, female? I found myself doing the same thing to this old black lady. I was in such awe because she's in a black run establishment. Like it's nothing but black. And I'm just sitting there like I had that head tilt. I'm just sitting there looking at her. And I just didn't. I couldn't stop staring. She might as well have had a on her forehead, fellas. Well, I guess she kind of did, really, right? But I I just couldn't get past it. I'm like, how? With everything going on, how? It's 2021. Election's gone. It's over. Juneteenth is this weekend. How do you have this Keep America Great Again hat on? 
Like I was just Bro, they they I mean Trump got what 16% of the black vote? I didn't think they shopped in the same places I shopped at. They don't they don't all view him as racist and some black people actually don't put racism at the top of their gripe list. Like to them, mm-hmm. as long as he's seemingly great for the economy and great for business and tough on crime, then you know, if he anti-abortion, especially if yeah. they're, you know, in that 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 and, evangelical which, uh, which he's not even really anti-abortion for real, for real. But oh, she's a black Christian, enough said. That is. Yeah. That is. Which is a whole nother conversation. Because mm-hmm. we had some interesting dialogue uh, this week via <laughs> oh, the Blue Book. Are you going to go there, huh? <laughs> nah, I'm just going to say it's very interesting. So I'm not going to go there. I spent enough time talking today. But um, to the to the old black lady, if you happen to come across this podcast, <sighs> take that shit off your head. Lady. <laughs> but um, anything else, fellas? All righty, let's jump into it. Rizzy, what do you have for us? Do you have a, a good joke for us today? I, I think so. I mean, that, not, well, no, no, it's not a good joke. It, it's really not even a joke. So um, you guys know the G20 just finished up. Um, everybody's talking about uh, Biden and, and Putin and everything and, you know, body language and all of that. Um, but I don't know if y'all saw that uh, Finland is actually closing all their borders. And I don't know if you you know y'all know what that means, but like that means nobody's gonna be able to cross the finish line. <laughs> I like where it was going. I'm like, okay, he's setting this up. He's using my he's using current events. Shout out to Miss Hickson for current events. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Yeah, you got to give him a little credit. That, that that was that was pretty good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Setup was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, it, it's your you're getting better. You're getting better. <laughs> you know. <laughs> See, I I, I got to make sure y'all don't know when it's coming. Like, like that's the thing. You got to you got to slip the actual punchline in there. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. You know. All right. Um. Do you fellas want to jump it off, or do you want me to me, me to take it over? Or what What do you want to do? I don't mind. Um, okay, I have a question that I was gonna say for next week, but by it being Juneteenth, it's like I have to ask it today, right now. Um, We're going CRT. Nah, no, okay. no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Um, so on the Rising Turns Forty Part One and Two, my question was based off a of post, and so is this one. And the post goes as follows. The black agenda. The Asians don't have to march, pray, or beg to get a bill passed. Let that sink in. My, my question to you guys is very simple because we, we hear this a lot. What is the black agenda? And for bonus points, how do we go about getting it uh, passed or implemented? Post a lot on Facebook. Talk down on every last like advancement we do get. Um, you know, uh, 
Don't don't vote. Um, let's see what else. What is it? What else <laughs> is did, that? The oh, black Chuck agenda, Chuck or is that how we get a pass? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of confused on which one it is now. I, I don't know, bro. Like it, it's man. I I don't think there's a black agenda. That that I don't know if that's an issue or not. Well, I I say that, but I, I do think there's a black agenda. I I think the the black agenda right now is trying to hold on to what we have. Because it's one of those things that you you can want the lofty goals and reparations and all of that. Right now, we're we're struggling to hold on to voting rights. Mm-hmm. Like so, so I think right now the black agenda is hold the line, and that's that's what a lot of people don't want to hear. Everybody wants to keep saying, "Oh, let's advance, let's advance, advance." You know, Biden's not doing anything. Kamala's not going to do anything, even though they don't have like the most basic understanding of civics and how government works. Uh, the the executive branch can't do anything. You you need the legislative branch to do it. So it takes Congress to do this stuff. A literal act of Congress to do these things. And um, we don't have the votes. We don't have the votes in the Senate to pretty much do anything uh, because of the filibuster. Fitty, fitty. So. It's 50-50. Uh, and you need 60 votes to advance most things uh, in the Senate. So just to let you guys know. So right now, the agenda is, we talked about HB1. I think that is or should be the black agenda right now. HB1 should be the black agenda. Getting preclearance back, maintaining our right to vote, maintaining what we have, and then past that, I think then we can start thinking through reparations and I don't know what everybody else wants. Like that, that's my question uh, is what do you want after that? Like other, other than saying we're going to give straight reparations and having like HB one, where we know there's equity in, um, in, in voting and what the government provides. I don't know what else they would want from it. Uh, So I'll I'll defer to Ferg, Byron, uh, like what, what would you guys do? So the the agenda, and then we can come back around to wh- how we get it passed. The agenda is there's no agenda because it's a moving target. If they were to ask you this question last year, Rise of Your Answer would be completely different. Mm-hmm. And so that's the beauty of it. Not for us, but for everybody else. It's it's a moving target and it's not just not one agenda. And I don't even and the thing about it, I don't know if any uh social group or oppressed group has a a this is what all Hispanics want. This, but in our world, there is a black agenda. Like it's this infamous black agenda that they 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 make a scary thing. Like they have white people scared of this black agenda. It's like we don't know the black agenda. Don't be scared. Like we there's nothing there's nothing to be scared of because we don't even know what it is. And like you said, if best case scenario right now, we're just trying to. Uh, Keep our head above water. What are you scared of? What are you scared of? We're just trying to get back to where we we were a year ago, two years ago, four years ago. Like we're just trying to make make up for lost time. All the things we lost in the last few years. You know, um, it, it it's. I don't think there's one thing. If there were things that you were talking about HB one, I think there is political reform. But also just, I think the the legal reform, like our our justice systems, mm-hmm. criminal justice reform. Yeah, that that, yeah. that that's 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 huge. You know, um, 
I just want to, one of my biggest things as a, a, as a black man in America, a black husband and black fathers is I want to feel safe that I'm not going to get, I'm not going to die or be accused of some horrible crime or something just random happens to me. Like stuff happens, life happens, but it's like, I don't want to be taken out by a police officer for mistaken identity. Police officers are having a bad day. Like, it sounds like, come on, guys, you're overacting. That's 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 real life for a lot of us. Like that, that's something that I should not have to worry about in my life. Think about that. That's it, when you think about something that simple, that should not be a worry or a concern in someone's life that somebody's sworn to protect and serve them is out to possibly kill them. If something happens, if I if I commit a crime, am I going to get a fair trial? If I'm convicted of, I mean, convicted of a crime, is it going to be fair? Like, there's so many things. I have a son. I have a daughter. If they are, you know, how safe are they? Are they safe if something happens to them? Are they safe in our justice system? Education-wise, I mean... We talked we talked about this, you know, several times about, you know, funding black schools, building up our communities. You know, how much better do our kids have to be to compete in this world? And that, you know, are they getting a fair share or do they have not just our kids? Do we have access to the resource to make us competitive? Because if you if you I, when I look at it a lot of times, it's about competing against uh, other nations. You know, can American youth and American people, education system, compete against other nations? The question is, are our kids equipped to compete against the people here? Luckily, our kids are going to go to good schools. But what about the kid, the other kid that doesn't get that shot? I think it's just basic civil liberties. I mean, I just feel like it shouldn't be this hard to be. We're just asking to be treated fair and just. We're not asking reparations. Reparation still is a stretch to me. I would love reparation. I think it's, but I can see how somebody could say, well, the, 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 you know, we didn't have slaves. It's not our fault. Why are we paying it? Why are we paying the price? I, I know all the, the reasons why, but it's like, okay, you have a, in your mind, you have a legit argument. But to say that my child shouldn't be able to have a fair share at education, that if my child commits a crime, the same ch- crime as your child, that they should be looked at the same in the judicial system. If a police officer unjustly kills my my kid or myself, that there should be a fair trial and they should uh, serve justice for their crime. Like we're just asking to be treated like human beings. We're asking to be treated the same way you would want to be treated. That's it. We we should we should we should make the criminal justice system like the mass singer. Like you come to court and you gotta have a mask on and nobody knows your gender or anything like that, and they gotta they gotta try the case like that, and then like at the end they unmask you and be like, boom, I'm black and I'm only doing seven months. Boom. Yeah, but what's so crazy <laughs> is but they they yeah, the dog whistles. They're gonna talk about, you know, the broken home and they're gonna they're going to oh yeah, they'll you'll you'll they'll lead up to all the stuff. The supporting facts around the case, they gonna know. They gonna find out. Now, 
the three of us might be able to get away with it. You know, like if they when they start rattling off our facts and stuff like that. Yeah, but the average that seventeen year old that had petty larceny. Yeah, but at the same time, that white kid that had those same because that's what that's the problem is those kids that are similarly situated sits there and they're a yes. white kid, so they get that presumption of innocence. Whereas our kid gets that presumption of guilt. When you have, hey, I can't look at it. That white kid's gonna get that presumption of guilt because it's his third strike. He's been doing it since he was whatever. He's from a broken home, has a single parent, lives on this side of town. There's a lot of white kids like that too, that when they get in court though, they dress up and they look like the kids on the other side of the track. And people start uh, identifying with that. So okay. that that that's why oh, yeah, I, I, I say that, that blind know. piece of it, you know, justice can really be, be blind when uh, you can do that. Cause you know, they, they've, they've got all kinds of studies about like hiring practices and things like that. When you, um, you know, take off the name or whatever, you, you you start to see more equitable hiring and things like that. If you take out the even the name, you take out the name so that they can't say, you know, Shaquan or whatever and, and start automatically identifying as a black person. Um, take out the name, take out the look and really go by the facts of the case. And, and that jury has to go by the facts of the case on it. Um, then you really do you you do set it up where justice is blind. Um, but I, I totally derailed from the black agenda because that but, but, is nowhere but, near on the black agenda. But what's, what's so though. crazy is it's like we're not asking for anything special. But we, that we, that, we, we didn't, ask, we didn't even ask that's for the problem though. That, way, no, and I mean I mean the the problem is if because we're just asking asking for equity, there's not going to be anything that's targeted at black people, and so you hear a lot of hoteps like oh. Obama didn't do anything for us. The Democrats don't do anything for us. And mainly they they say that because they don't understand that the, the, the laws that they pass and the things that they do disproportionately affect black people positively. So yeah. when you start doing these equities, when you start bringing th- this child credit um, thing that um, that came out of the, uh, the COVID relief package, that that helped black people like three to one for white people. But the black people still are saying, oh, it, they didn't do anything for us. Like that, you have to really get down into these things because there's not anything that says, oh, this is specifically for black people. What it is, is that we know black people are affected by this thing. White people are going to um, benefit, too. Yes. But black people are going to be uh, benefit from it more. And, so, and they pass it. So I think there's two parts to it. There's rights and things that help us get ahead. But. I think that what separates the quote unquote black agenda is there are certain protections that we need. You know, it's yeah, everybody should be treated equal under the uh, the uh, visor of the law. But we and we all know that if you fit this description, that the chances are the the conviction rate, the the time served, like the penalties, disproportionately unfavorable for black Americans, and it's like. We just need protections. We're just saying, hey, give get us out of jail. Don't convict us. But hey, we need protections. We need protections from over policing. We need protection from subprime lenders and, you know, stop screwing us over. Like that, that's even a start. You know, it's just like, hey, don't, don't beat us. Like just just stop beating us and killing us and, you know, treating us unfairly. We're not even asking just like to. It's so crazy because when I hear people talk about reparations, like to me, that's a far extreme just because it's like 
we can't even get them to stop killing us and you want them to pay us? It's like, it's truthfully, like truthfully, <laughs> truthfully, they'll probably pay us before they stop killing us. <laughs> Which is crazy. Which is crazy is because it's like we side note. For one, just for the record, we did not ask for Juneteenth. It was one, you know, like we really didn't ask for. It. I know there's one. Don't lady. worry, I, I'll, I'll lead on. That's my question. So we, okay. we can, don't don't worry about that. We're gonna we're gonna go down that rabbit hole. Right. Buff, what, what what say ye? The black agenda is equality. Uh, unfortunately, equality is such a broad thing. You and Rosie touched on all the different aspects: housing, school, college. Uh, justice, all of that is included, and we have we have studies that show, like Rosy mentioned, you know, you take the black name off, and they've been admitted to colleges more, or they've gotten a job more. Hell, we saw it. In, we saw a recent example. I think it was a mixed married couple. Uh, when they had pictures of them both, the house went for one price, but then when the white man just had pictures of himself, it was some astronomical higher value in what the house was going to sell for time and time again. Like we have so many examples. We exhausted at pointing at them. Like every time there's a, a shooting of an unarmed black man, we get tired of saying Tamir Rice, Eric Garner, George, like we're exhausted at saying that stuff because it happens so often. And it, it's just, it's so many different examples to point to. Ferg, you mentioned um, reparations is extreme. It is extreme, but it shouldn't be because I know, White people, their counter argument is like, why should I have to pay for something that I have nothing to do with? Oh, but you do. You guys benefit from slavery to this day. There are businesses that may not have participated in slavery whatsoever, but they still benefited from the labor. There are like direct ties to certain banks, certain insurance companies that started thanks to slavery. And thanks to the free labor that they were able to benefit from. So, yeah, there are plenty of white people that didn't own not one slave and still benefited from slavery. And that's something that we need to say more and more often. But, you know, the black agenda is equality because, you know, in, in law enforcement, we we I've seen studies where police officers uh, we, we heard. Um, uh, I forgot the guy that, that killed Mike Brown. But, you know, he said Mike Brown had arms like Hulk Hogan. And, and was super strong. Like they view us as such a higher threat than our white counterpoint parts that we, that that's what make us more likely to get shot down in the streets because we're seen as a deep, as a bigger threat. Um, you've seen videos where, where white people are getting drunk, like, like dragging a police officer on his pickup truck. And he was able to walk away free. You know what I mean? So like I said, there are so many examples, and that's what we're asking for. We're asking for equality. Unfortunately, it's so many different parts to it that we never get like the starting point. But we need to demand, you know, we need to demand a starting point in, in a certain maybe we can start with the schools, then go to the justice system, then go to jobs. But we need a starting point. And to answer the second part of the question, how do we get there? Hold on before you go there. I just want to make sure that it's known that I'm not saying when I say reparations is far fetched or whatever. No, it is though. It's no. I say it because coming from their mindset, yeah. because their argument is like I'm not responsible. So I could see how somebody could push back and say I shouldn't have to pay for this, but I can't see how you you could justify like 
hey, I think I'm going to be there's a possibility of me being killed by the police. And that's a problem. Well, that's just part of that's part of life. Get over it. Like, I'm not responsible. Like, you can't justify that my kids can't get a job or this because of the color of their skin. Like, you can't justify certain things. Like, You know that. what it is, Ferg? They don't believe you know it, what though. It is. That's the problem. They don't they don't believe that it's real because they look at it from their worldview and their lens. And since they don't see it in themselves I, that there's an issue, they don't yeah, believe that there's I, an I, issue. I, I, I understand they, 100%. They, they, a lot of them truly believe that equity and equality is real. We, but the thing about it is if, if I have to think that, if you don't have to daily wake up or have certain thought processes in your mind, that's how you know it doesn't exist. When you don't fear the police, then there's there's a certain level of trust. Even if my fear is unjustified, it's a fear. Why do I have that fear? Like you don't have that fear for a reason. My my fear, if it's, if, if you consider it justified or not, is real. Like it's 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 in my life. So if you don't agree with it, it's still there. So why is it there? I want to wake up and be able to not fear the police. I want to wake up and not fear. I want to have the same freedoms, mental freedoms, that the average white man has. Unfortunately, we've been thrown in a fight against an opponent with loaded gloves who's had two and a half months of training. And it's like five weight classes above ours. And we've been thrown in there with two days of training and, and, and no trainer whatsoever. And we're and we're expecting a fair fight. And that's and that's what we're in. And you're never going to get that. I did want to touch on how we get there. It's funny to me because Rosie mentioned the hotels and, you know, a lot of them, a lot of their stances are, you know, voting doesn't matter. Voting doesn't matter. Right. And we see we, time and time again, they've shown us that voting does matter when they try to strip away our rights, the money that we see into suppressing the vote. But I just find it hilarious. The same people who say voting doesn't matter also want to point out how the Asians got their protection bill passed. You know how they got that pass? Through politicians. Because they don't tell their people not to vote. They be out there voting. You know who you know who helped push that? The senator from uh Illinois. I can't think of her name. Oh, Duckworth. Senator Duckworth helped mm-hmm. pass that. An elected official. So while you out here telling your people not to vote, but then complaining about how we're not getting anything done and comparing us to other communities, other communities don't tell their people not to vote. They get out there, they get it done, then they hold it politicians accountable. Now, if you want to say, I think one of you guys said, you know, Democrats don't do anything for black people. Now, if you want to say, hey, we need to start holding Democrats more accountable. We need to start making sure we get what we want out of these politicians. That's an argument I'm willing to sign up for. When you tell us not to vote, laws get passed by politicians who are voted in mm-hmm. office. Yeah. And and don't, don't with this whole oh, I'm going to give a new party because you don't have the weight to do anything with a new party. You don't have a weight with a third party. You don't have the weight to go out and do anything. Now, if you want to, or, or flip to a Republican, maybe the Republicans will do anything because that's a snowball chance in hell to get anything done for us on the Republican side. So what you do is you say, just like um, the Republicans do it, and even some Democrats, right? We're going to primary you. We're going to put somebody up uh, against you that's actually going to come up and be on our agenda. That's what you do. If, if, if you think you're so big and bad and you know everything, why don't you run? 
You think you can win and you can make change and you can get us some reparations. You go up there to Capitol Hill and see what you can do. Try your hand at it. Try. I want to see you go up there and make some things happen. Because it's not easy to go in there and form a coalition. It's not easy to go in there one of 100 and think you're going to make some changes. You you ain't the big dog. And as a freshman senator not, or, or a congressperson. Not, not only that. The committees are controlled by the two parties. So even if you go in there with your little independent party, you notice Bernie Sanders is an independent. Angus King is an independent, but they caucus with the Democrats. because That's the only way you can get on the committee. And the committees are important because that's how certain bills come to the mm-hmm. floor to even be voted on in the first place. That's how Supreme Court justices are determined on whether or not they're going to make it out of the Judiciary Committee and be voted on to be a new justice in the Supreme Court. So if you're in this, hey, I'm part of the Purple Party now, I'm part of the Liberation Party now, okay, you can be that, but you're not going to have any say-so whatsoever on anything important. Nah, nah. Biden and Kamala need to just make it happen. I voted for them. They got my vote, so they just need to make it happen. Yeah, you're stupid. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm tired, I'm tired of beating around the bush with it. Like, stop talking about stuff you don't know about. Like, but no, nah, but I, I, no, I but but Biden's supposed to, he's supposed to fix Biden. it all. Yeah, yeah. And Obama was supposed to fix it all. And every politician that gets in there. And and, and truthfully, they go in with the, the highest of intentions and they want to do everything they can. But again, when I talk about one of 100, one of how many Congress um seats is it? Congressional seats? 435. Somewhere yeah. around, yeah, like 400, one of 400. Like, think about that. You're one of 400 that's trying to go in there with no power, no committee seat. You don't run anything. You can't decide what's going to come for a vote. Even if you do write a bill, that doesn't mean it's going to go anywhere. So, and, why, and for the folks that's like, oh, it's see, weird year in then. now, you know, all that. All right, well, shut up because you get what you get. Well, that's why I don't my, vote then. I, when my kids were in preschool, the, the preschool teacher told them, you get what you get, you don't pitch a fit. That's my thing. I don't want to hear it. If you don't vote, you don't get a say in what's happening. And listen, before the naysayers go there, in no way are we saying voting is the cure-all. That's not the only thing. I'm saying we, we still have to do the action. We still have to fight for the change we want. But voting is a big part of it. Like, if you want certain bills passed, voting is a big part of it. Yeah, so voting is a big part of it, but there's two yet two year gaps between voting. Y'all need to do stuff during the like what are you doing collectively? What are we doing individually? Yeah, make make are, to help. Are you going are no, are you going to the town halls and saying, Why did you vote on this bill? Are you are you paying attention to what they're voting on and what they're not voting on? Are you um going to all the civic organizations that's happening? Do you know what they're spending their money on and their time on? Are you volunteering? Are you spending time in the neighborhood? Because I, I, too often, a lot of people that's on Facebook making their posts, Buff, Buff, yeah, you, yeah, that, that post was perfect, Buff, by the oh, way, yeah, yeah, uh, thanks, <laughs> that you just put. Like, too often, you go to Facebook and you think your little hundred likes on your comment is something, but you ain't put one community service hour in. You ain't invested no money back into the communities. You ain't donated nothing, donated time. I mean, and I ain't talking about your once a year annual cleaning of your house going down to the Salvation Army <laughs> to put some stuff in. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about hours and hours and hours that the three of us put in on things that's outside of our regular job to help our communities. And 
you want to sit there and make your little Facebook post or down folks that's really out there trying to do it. I mean, talking about politicians, uh, I hate it because the thing is that there's some dirty politicians, but there's some folks that's out there really working to try to make this thing better. Yeah. And let's not blame. Let's not put it all on politics. There's other things you can do. Like if you want education better, what, what are you doing? You know, are you mentoring? Are you doing anything? Do you want to see neighborhood beautifications? Are you sitting on those committees? Or what what are you doing to help? That's that that's always, you know, my question to people. What are you doing to help? Yeah. And but that's the it was crazy is that's how so many, especially the whole types of people, they shut people up. It's like, well, what are you doing to help? And it's like most people can't like, well, I ain't really doing shit. So, you know, you got me there. And so you just do something. Find your niche, find what you're passionate about, and find a way to make an impact. That's more than um, lip yes, service. Yes. Talking about it ain't yeah. that, talking about it ain't. And because that's when you talk about the hoteps, that's usually what the hoteps are doing. They talking about it. They talking about it over and over and over again to each other, making YouTube and TikTok posts, and they sharing it with each other. But like I said again, they don't put an ounce of actual time into doing anything. And, and, and you know, last thing on this because the post Razio was talking about, I. I, w- I didn't mention it, but I was referring to Juneteenth. And I've seen people complain and say, you know, uh, we didn't ask for this. We, we, you know, y'all out here happy for no reason. They're just giving us crumbs, you know, just completely criticizing it. It's fine to say that, hey, this isn't this isn't the end all. We still have a lot more work to do. But people people fought to get this passed. People wanted this day. And if the goal is, because I've seen over many years now, the gripe, they don't teach about Juneteenth. They don't teach about Tulsa. Okay. Making this a national holiday kind of. They have to yeah, teach they, about it. You have to, even if they don't teach about it, you have to at least talk about it. Juneteenth. What, what is Juneteenth? Why, why are you off? Oh, well, Juneteenth is this, you know what I mean? So it at least brings about the conversation more and brings about more awareness to a day that I've seen people complain about. Nobody talks about. So that's all I got, man. That's all I got. We spent a long time on my question, so that's, that's what you nah, got for cool, us. Bro. What you got for us, Rosie? Or you want to jump into that? He said, "Is, is June is Juneteenth <laughs> enough?" Um, yeah, that that definitely was my question that I wanted to come because uh, that same thing has come up. A couple people have sent me posts and, and videos about you know it's not enough, and I've seen a lot of even my friends that are saying it's not enough, and you know we didn't ask for it and everything like that. Uh, so I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on it because I have some really strong thoughts about it. And I wanted to tell the listeners about it. So I'm, I'm being selfish. It's, 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 yes. it's, it's kind of like a straw man. Like, um, I, you know, several months ago when uh, Dr. Seuss came out and said, hey, we're going to discontinue this book, that book, and that book right there. I saw one person say, you know, you know y'all worried about Dr. Seuss when, when – uh, I'm not easily distracted like that. We got bigger battles to, to, to fight than, than what's in Dr. Seuss, but y'all are happy about that. I'm like, nobody, and I mean nobody, was fighting to get Dr. Seuss books canceled. You know what I mean? And I think as one of you guys pointed out on that episode when we talked about it, there are books that nobody had even really heard about. When you think Dr. Seuss, Cat in the Hat, Green Eggs and Ham, and a couple other ones, these books that they canceled – Nobody even knew they exist. They literally could have canceled these books and not even put out a statement and nobody would have known. Nobody asked for this. Dr. Seuss decided this on their own. But people was, you know, making a big deal out of it that that's what we asked for. No, we did not. We did not ask for it. Same thing with Juneteenth. I don't see anybody credible saying, yes, 
We made it. Finally, we are equal in America. All of our words are over black people on the same status as white people. Yes. What I did see was, hey, I got a new off day. That's kind of cool. Hey, this day is now being recognized by the country. That's kind of cool. What a cookout going to be. I even made a post. Hey, here are 10 things you can do. Make a blackity black playlist. Buy black. Drink you some guidance or some Uncle Nears or something like that. Having fun with it. But as usual, we got to have the fun police come. Y'all happy about these little crumbs that these people giving y'all. And, and there's so much more we need to be fighting for. No. Nobody's saying that the fight is over, brother, sister. Nobody's saying that by a long shot. We're just saying, hey. I mean, I was off yesterday and didn't have to use any leave. I went, you know what I mean? So that's kind of good. So that's all I got, man. So I'll, I'll jump in. So I kind of brought it up earlier and I said we didn't ask for Juneteenth. And the reason I say that is because we were talking about the black agenda. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, the only reason I put that there, because I'm, I'm in Texas. I'm in Houston. So it's a big thing. Yeah. It's been a big thing. You in Houston. Yeah. I, you know, I, I was up at six o'clock this morning going out to volunteer for a Juneteenth event. So don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is it's we're talking about the black agenda. And I hate when white people use little victories to kind of hone in their point. Well, well, you kind of joked with it. Well, slate being um, racist in with Obama. Well, you won the you won. Like, I don't it's like, man, we didn't ask for this. Like, that is great. It's great as being recognized, but there's a black agenda. Don't use this to cut you because I feel like they they're always looking for little to build their like racism is over playbook. It's like, well, uh, you got Obama and then the Chauvin trial showed you that, you know, that and it's always just like, but once again, when you have to build up a case, when we're going tit for tat, like you said, when black person is killed, we got to bring up Tamir Rice. We got to bring up all these people. It's like, why do we always have to bring up these people? I'm happy Juneteenth is, is celebrated because it's, it's, it's crazy. It's just another thing I think Americans need to know because in their mind, when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, they thought it was all rainbows and butterflies after that. You know, it was just it's just another example to show that even though this stuff was legal or illegal, like it was still going on. It was like Texas was like, and there, you know, people like, well, they didn't know they were free. They knew they were free, but it don't matter if you knew you were free, if they ain't releasing you. That's how crazy is. Like, you know, we's free. Shit, nigga, I ain't going nowhere. Just kill a gun line, boss. Exactly. It's like that's how crazy it is. It's like, but even after the the slaves were freed, the rest of the country, like it didn't. All the slaves didn't just walk off plantations the day after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. Or the Thirteenth Amendment. Thirteenth Amendment. A lot of, yeah, lot, right, lot of right, folks right. don't understand that the Emancipation Proclamation didn't was just, uh, free the yeah, slaves. It was the Thirteenth so, Amendment, but it's just like that didn't matter. It showed that it takes. I always say it takes government. It takes force to make people implement the right thing when it comes to Black Americans. And going back to your Black agenda, it's going to take force. It's going to take 
legislation is going to take them saying, you can't do this shit anymore. That's that's what I would take from Juneteenth. Literally, a union, like, y'all know y'all can go free. We got you. Like, it, it that's that's what's going to have to, to get the, the, the black agenda to go, it's going to have to take political partnership to make these things happen. Because we have shown that the country's not going to do things just because. So when I say we didn't ask for that, like oh, we didn't ask for that. We don't 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 add that. Don't 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 add that to your, your cap. Don't 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 add that to your count. Yeah, that's no feather. That's yeah. no feather. But, but you you say that, but the problem is it is a feather for the Republicans, right? Let's 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 break but it, it down. Is. Really, it is a feather for the Republicans. The Republicans, that's why they they passed it. Because it is the feather that they can they can say to their constituents that, see, we did do we do care about black people. Uh, So that's their olive branch. Uh, So I agree with, uh, you know, everybody that's saying don't take this as they're not saying they're not saying the the same thing I'm saying. Trust me, they're not saying (laughs) they're just telling you niggas not to celebrate. I'm telling you, like, hey, realize it is going to be some not backlash. What you're saying it's gonna be mm-hmm. like, well, you know, we gave we gave you we gave you Juneteenth, mm-hmm. you know. It's yeah, and and so that, but I, I, the thing about it is, the hard stuff that had to, has to happen for the black agenda wasn't gonna get passed with the Republicans um, anyway. So, like that, the, while we do need to continue to push, we have to celebrate the wins too. Like I, I don't understand. Like why people don't understand that like you you can celebrate your success as you move forward. Um, so don't like there's not this extreme of oh, we didn't get full equality and reparations and you know, I don't know, white people on reservations, whatever they, they want, but like we didn't get that, so this this you know success doesn't mean anything. That that's not how life works. And if you live your life like that, you are unhappy as hell. I just want to tell you that <laughs> you are very unhappy because you can't celebrate your small wins and your small successes. Guys, if you're trying to get up to a million dollars, when I was doing financial planning and I, I we we you know I talked to people and we talked about okay, what's your number for retirement? Like we had to set small goals and small gates. It's like if you want a million dollars, you don't need to be you you can you can celebrate making it to 10,000, making it to a quarter million, making it to 500,000, like celebrate those gates. When you're working, when you talk about an action plan, they, you have milestones in an action plan or a project plan, you know, or, or whatever you're doing, your five-year plan for yourself. Make some gates there because you need milestones to celebrate and you need wins to celebrate. I do think this is a milestone. I do think this is a, a, a celebrate and a, a a point of celebration and a win for us because like you said, now they have to talk about Juneteenth. They have to talk about, you know, Oh, here's why you're off and everything like that. Just having the celebration being a a federal holiday, it's going to be on the news. Kids are going to ask about it. Like Sophie asked about Juneteenth. She, you know, this was her first year. She really kind of talked about it. Like we, we, we did Juneteenth and we talked about it. We volunteered for in the past, but at the same time, I guess because it's like everybody's talking about it now, I guess she's hearing about it more. 
she asked me about it. Like, you know, I, I, I and that's why I corrected you first about the Emancipation Proclamation because me and her literally had a long conversation about that because she was like, yeah, Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. I'm like, yeah. 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 he didn't baby so yeah. <laughs> listen i need yeah. you, I, you I, yeah. I need you to put you, your hotel um uh, hat on when it, you go to school it, it's funny Tell you say that you know, no it didn't happen that because <laughs> i in my view when i heard it i'm like man i see these white people flipping it like what can we get these niggas Repar- reparations da, da, da. <laughs> what's that shit <laughs> like, that's exactly what it did what's that, what's that holiday what's that, what's that cookout thing they do yeah shit I was in Fern, you know, how, we was in how Texas they look that, look that reparations up <laughs> so, and I can see somebody like a Ted Cruz we can always give him reparations ha <laughs> like I can see it and so, like I said, I'm all for it because I think it's a beautiful thing. I was talking to my lamplighters today. The bros and lamplighters were out there. And we were talking about it. It's big in Houston, man, real big. It's so many events going on, you know, every year across the city. Uh, and I'm happy that's recognized. But I'm like, man, I, I just know these people are going to take this and try to use it today. You know, they, ah, I hate, I hate you. Because I was almost happy to, to a certain extent, like, when we just kind of had it to ourselves. Like, look, we celebrate. It's like, ah, now they got you got you got one, but yeah. I feel like they, yeah. they and, need. And, and I heard I heard about like the commercialization of it all. Like yeah. you know, Walmart yeah. gonna have Juneteenth for five dollars and everything like that. But that's on us. That we we got to make sure that we go and we support black businesses and, and you know pay the sixty dollars for the t shirt if that's what it take. But you know my thing is the people that can pay sixty dollars for a shirt will go do that. But there are people that didn't have sixty dollars, so they didn't get a Juneteenth shirt. That they may go to Walmart and buy the five dollars shirt or whatever. And maybe, just maybe, we can get some, you know, minority, um, um, you know, products in there, um, uh, and, and suppliers for Walmart and everything like that. So, folks, y'all need to get y'all prices down to Walmart prices and and be like, hey, when we talk about Juneteenth type, uh, stuff, we want minority businesses to do that, or actually, black businesses. I don't even want to say minority businesses. Black businesses uh, need to uh, supply be suppliers for that. So they, maybe that goes on our agenda. That hey. We want to make sure that black businesses are, are um, you know, supported and and identified during these times. I will say this. I was the, the what made me happy about it is identifying certain points in American history that are unspoken because you're hearing Juneteenth and you've heard a lot of a lot, lot more about Tulsa and stuff like that. So I kind of put that in that same like people as we were talking about critical, critical race theory, like. People have to start understanding little point, not little points, points in black history or not black, American history that involve, you know, the good and the bad of the relationships. So my bad. Uh, Buff, what you got? Did you already answer? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, bro. Yeah. It's on you, Rosie. I think I. Man, I think that's it. Um, you know, I don't want to go too deep into it. I, you know, I've I've said my piece on it, but I just want to make sure everybody understands, man. Like you said, for it, it it is something that matters. And stop down talking everything or every advancement we get because it's not the pinnacle, because it's not the end game. Like so, you know, like Buff said, folks work for this. Folks work to get it. Um, they got that passed. I mean, whether whether it's enough or not doesn't matter. Um, that's how that's not how government works. You, you you take what you can get every time, and then you keep working to get the next thing. 
So, you know, it 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 might be another three to four years and, and we get something else. Hopefully we can get something else before the end of um the midterms. We'll oh, see. But you said something. And I think this is where I get some of their frustration is. I don't want to call it actionable item, but I want to see, you know, I think more. So, a lot of people are asking for something like. Symbolic versus actionable. Like something that you can you can sink your teeth. Now the thing about but, it is, now the my question is, is, what what is the actionable and, 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 item? And that's, like, what, you know, that's what I was about to say. Because, no, because if if you if you need if you need education reform, there was education reform in there in um the uh, COVID relief bill. If you need, even if you talk about reparations, but there was cash uh, giveouts in there. Uh, for minorities and things like that. I mean, I, I, it, it, I don't know what the actionable no, item or the, and the and thing I get, is. I get that. I think, and once again, we don't have a black agenda, but something like this is when you when you have something like this, what outside of like, well, you know, all the slaves weren't really free this day. Okay, that's cool. I didn't know that. Is that the end of Juneteenth? Is it, like you said, now we get our black business going to be highlighted that day what 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 benefits can we how can we turn this and benefit the black community if there's a way to turn it I, that's that's a subject for another day but i think that's some things we talk about you know like how do we take yeah. this and Just, make like this like they do like they do national small business day or whatever it is that maybe they do national black business day the week of juneteenth or something like that or so even, that, that's another one that you could kind of yeah, even, even if they do something like you maybe maybe that might fall in line more so with if they do something for the uh the Tulsa massacre you know so that that but might I, be see I, I i i always like get weary about just a Tulsa massacre. There was like 19 know, or 20 different massacres out there, um, we, you know, we, that are, that are documented. But we can't and it talk happened about a lot. I mean, so it, it's Rosewood and it, like I, there's there's plenty see, of different ones out there. So, so so you're doing what they're doing. I'm telling you, this is the hot button right now. So give let let them let them let them get get that. Let them get this one and then make them research like, oh, there's more than this. You know, because hell, a lot of black people only know about Tulsa. Or just mm-hmm. finding out about Tulsa say they definitely don't know about Rosewood and all this stuff. So I'm saying if there's ways we can spend this and benefit the black community, I'm with it. So we need to stay on it and figure that out. Um, so my question is a little, I don't know if it's a little lighter, but it's, um, let me start off by saying, happy Father's Day, fellas. Yeah, man. Happy Father's Day, gentlemen. Appreciate that. Happy Father's Day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it, it was, uh, it's crazy. Um, so a couple of things have happened in the last few weeks. So we were in Atlanta celebrating Rizzi's birthday. And I was talking to one of our young, my our younger frat brothers who happened to be in, uh, came out Saturday night and he was talking about some stuff he had going on. And I'm just sitting here looking at this young man in pure admiration. And I've seen him and known him probably for the last 15 years at least. And just to see him being this young immature college student that was calling me uh, for everything to, to where he's at today. I'm like, man, that dude's come a long way. I'm so proud of him. And I kind of stopped there. But luckily I was drunk and feeling good. And it, 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 it was put on my heart to tell him that. It's like, dude, you know what? I'm proud of you, man. I'm really, really proud of you. And I mean, when I say it was so heartfelt, I don't know if he felt it, but I felt it and it felt so good to tell him that. But then, you know me, I'm a thinker. It made me think it's like, 
man, why did it feel so weird to tell him that? You know, we just got to the point, we talk about all the time where we can say, I love you. That's kind of like where we, where we draw the line. Like we say, I love you and stuff like that. And we joke and we show, I think, admiration for each other all the time. But it's like, how often we say those things outside of those cliche, I love you's and stuff like that. And it made me think, it's a couple of questions. What is the, the thing that somebody could say to you that made you feel the best about yourself? What is that? Is it that outside of the, the cliche, I love you? It's like, what would just make your heart swell with pride and make you just feel like so good? When was the last time that happened? When was the last time somebody said something like that outside of that? And maybe it's just me, but why don't we do that more? I, I can go. Um, because I yeah, you were telling me this story when we were at the club um uh, about that and you you told me you were proud of me. I I, I was drunk, so I might have not responded. Um <laughs> but um yeah, I, I I it wasn't missed uh when you said that even to me. Um so I appreciate that, but for me, I think that I'm proud of you is a big deal for me especially. So I get I give, you know, I I, I tell y'all all the time that I never think that I'm accomplished um and and like anything that i've done is not a big deal until i start talking to people um we were uh, i think we're all in a text uh, message thread uh with ani and she was just like you know your accomplishments are a big deal and i i didn't even think anything of it and i was like uh you know it's no big deal it's it's, it's nothing And, and i still kind of feel like i have you know further heights to reach right so I'm still pushing. I still don't think that I, I'm as accomplished as uh, I think some folks think I am. Uh, but maybe a month ago, two months ago, you guys know my, my parents have moved in and randomly out of the blue, my dad was just sitting in the kitchen eating some a bowl of cereal. Um, and I walked down and I was making some coffee and fixing the kids breakfast and stuff like that, getting them ready to go to school. And uh, my dad just looked up and he was like, I'm proud of you. And it hit me. And I was just like, you know, you know how you don't know how to take it. And and I was just like, you know, thanks. And, and trying to kind of downplay it like, oh, it's no big deal. And he was like, no, like, you know, you 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 stepped up. You're taking care of the kids. You know, we thought we were going to have to swoop in and really, really help. Uh, but he even said he was like, I feel like we got we get in the way more than we help you. Which which they don't they they do help uh, <laughs> they they help it, it's 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 about equal uh, they get in the way a good bit too but um you know he it, but he he was like I feel like we you, you're doing it by yourself um and and you're so accomplished you've done so much in your life and you're still pushing and he's like I'm just really proud of you and that did that 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 like it made my heart swell you know what did they say on the Grinch uh, his heart grew three sizes that day uh so. so <laughs> <laughs> but uh that, that was a big deal for me man and so i think you know being able to say i'm proud of you is a big deal to folks or or just good job like you know what is it hit, uh hit uh, no hancock when he was like trying to teach hancock how to say good job and hancock didn't know how to say it he couldn't say good job like saying good job to somebody or you did a good job or thank you or uh you know i'm proud of you for what you've done uh, is a big deal. And especially for kids saying that um, it, it's a big deal. And we do need to say it more because I know I say it to my kids a lot, um, but I'm, I gush on them anyway. So I say, I love you. Um, they, I say it so much that they, they, you know, like I know, or you say it every day. Um, you know, I tell them I'm proud of them. And especially now 
you know, Ollie, especially he'll be up under me. And sometimes I'll just look down at him and I'm like, dude, I'm so proud of you. Uh, and he'll ask me why. And I'm like, because you're a trooper, man, you, you're getting through this. You know, I know you miss your mom. Uh, you're doing awesome in school, you know, learning to read. Uh, Cause you know, it, especially coming off of uh, Sophie that picked up, she's so smart. Like she picks up on things so fast and Ollie has to work at it. And, and I can tell that he sees that he has to work a lot harder at things than she does. And so, and I tell him, I'm like, dude, I'm proud of you for that. Like you work really, really hard at trying to do things and you're learning and, and don't worry if you don't know something right now. Um, she's, she's two years ahead of you in school. She's going to know things um, before you. So you have to make sure that you know that like the kids know that it's all right, that they're not as advanced as their sibling or, or not moving as fast, especially if they're not the same age. Um, so I, I went on a tangent with that, man, but I, I, I guess it just kind of all came out. But yeah, I agree for we, we need to say I'm proud. We need to say things more. Um, so I got three examples, but they're they're like really, really, really quick. Uh, one is um, what makes me feel what your question asked is um, when people, when random people, not necessarily random, but like, you know, social media friends, coworkers, friends in general, when they come and ask me something and I find out they ask me because they feel like I'm an, I'm an expert in that, in that area, or they've been watching me from afar and they liked how I move and they want to move in a similar way. And, you know, they ask the question and you answer, you give them information. And then at the end, it's like, man, I really appreciate it because, you know, I saw you do X, Y, Z. And it's like, and like Razio said, it's like you look back on it like, damn, that wasn't even, I didn't think that was a big deal. But it's really true when they say you never know who's watching you. And I that has happened like time and time again for me. So I always appreciate that because, you know, people have to humble themselves to come ask you things sometimes. So for them to... For them to like choose me, because you know, I always tell you guys, I don't I don't feel like I'm that smart. That's why I'm always trying to read and learn stuff because I want to be smart. And then for people to like come to me, that that makes me feel good. My wife, when when Tabitha Tabitha said just random, like we could be sitting watching TV and she'll just out the blue say, you know, you really take care of us. You know, you really, you really take care of us. I never have to worry about anything. You always put our interests first. I feel safe with you. Like just, I mean, she just be pouring it on, and she don't even ask for nothing at the end. Like she, so she really be, she really be meaning that at the time. But you know, that means a lot to me. And um, you know, I I said this on the previous episode uh, back in October. Our she was then the assistant chief. She's now the acting chief on the department. But she put together this forum uh, to address the concerns of some of the the officers on the department you know, during the George Floyd uh, protest because black officers was like, you know, we really felt like we didn't have a home because we kind of, we kind of empathize with what some of the protesters were saying, but, you know, we still have a job to do. And, you know, we feel like nobody really addressed that. And she put together this town hall forum with uh, chiefs from different police departments across the country. And we were able to ask whatever we want to without any type of uh, consequence. And I remember I asked my question and I told you guys the question I asked. 
Razi, no, Razi, you mentioned all the different massacres there's been. One of the massacres I mentioned was the Elaine massacre in in Elaine, Arkansas. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my voice was cracking. You know how when you're passionate about something, you're angry at the same time and your emotions are getting there, your voice started cracking. Because, like, the more and more I was giving them examples, the more angry I was getting on, you know, my overall question was, when have black people been able to ever trust the police? Because they have historically not earned that trust. They've, you know, abused us historically from the invention of police to the present. And I gave them all these examples of how. And that panel went to her and told her how great that question was. And she, and I'm going to talk about this a little more in my closing arguments, but she chose me to participate in something else that's going to be coming out later this year. And so it was just kind of cool that she remembered that and what they said and considered me someone that is well-spoken, which is kind of funny when you think about how I talk around y'all when it's just us, like how we was at the house in Atlanta. But (laughs) she considered me well-spoken and wanted me to participate in this thing. So those are three examples that come to mind. Last thing, Fergie asked why we don't do it more. In your question, you said, hey, you know, we just got around to telling each other I I love you. And yeah, we do do that. But what I've noticed with guys is even when we do tell another guy I love you, we still have to make it kind of kind of cool, kind of hard. It's never just I love you. It's like, hey, dog, I love you, man. I love you, bro. You know what I'm saying? You got to pound your chest a little bit with it. Or, hey, man, you know I love you. Like, we got to find a way to kind of remix it a little bit to still keep that masculinity in telling another man I love you. So I just think it's a comfort level, man, overall. I just think we're still getting more and more comfortable with giving other people their accolades and, and telling them how we feel about them. Man, I really appreciate you guys answering that question, man. It's been on my heart since then. But I think for me, it's that I think it's two of them. One, I think a little more than the other is the the proud thing. I think it really resonates because I don't do things for the accolades. Like I don't, I don't. Similar to you, Rizzy, like I don't know how to accept, you know, praise or anything like that. But it's. It, it it does something to to me. Even when I was thinking after I said it to you and him, and I think I talked to all you guys, I probably was super emotional that weekend. It was just, it made me think like, who are the people who are proud of you? Who are the people that really would say, you know what? Not just like in a cliche, like, oh yeah, man, you know, he first came along, I'm proud of him. But like knowing, like really like, you know what, man, I'm proud of you, dude. Like sincerely, not just like, oh, you know, like we talk about butt, butt flexing and stuff like that. But, dude, I've seen you come from, you know, sixth grade and all that stuff to see you, man. Like, I'm hella proud of you, dude. Like, it's just really, really mean that. And not in a cliche way. It's just like people that really know and there's 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 a special place in their heart when they say when they, I'm proud of you not just like man I'm proud of my brother like he did he did good and then I think the second one is respect kind of what you were saying you know when people come to you for advice or come to you I get that all the time not all the time but I get it you know where I think I noticed it and maybe people don't say it but they'll say it indirectly 
you know, when I'm with my mentor mentees and their parents and the fact that they're, you know, they're like, there's a certain level of respect for you that I have that I don't have for many people to allow you to be in my son's life the way you are. If I have an issue with them, if I have something going on, I've had a mother call me talking about her son's had a, a rough year, first year in college. Can I talk to him? There's a certain level of respect that comes with that. Like, I've only known your son a few years, but you want, you chose me to be the person to talk to him. Um, but when people just say it, you know, even a few uh, months ago when I was uh, um, dealing with Greg's death, my, my the GM of the company called me and maybe it was just fluff. And he's just like, you know, what, Tavares, everybody, everybody loves you and they respect you, man. You're, you're a team. Like, and he just kind of going into like, you know, there's something about you that just, that people respect. I don't know if it's like, if it was just like the respect because of position or if it's just like that general, like you, you just carry yourself a certain way, but it was just a certain level of respect. So, um, cause I try to be a respectful person and carry myself in a respectful manner, but those two, but like that proud thing, man. Um, Z does a really good job of it. Telling me, you know, out the blue, like, you know, you do, you're doing a great job, babe. I'm just so proud of you. And I kind of wave it off because I don't, I don't want to get into that emotional state. You know, like part of me thinks like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. You know, kind of like, you know, like kind of the way you accept it, right? It's like, yeah, thanks. I guess, you know, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I don't want to dwell on it, but I try to, I'm going to moving forward take the time to internalize it and really accept it and try to accept it in the same way they gave it. You know, when I tell you I'm proud of you, both of you guys, it came from a deep, a real place in my heart. You can take it how you want, but maybe you don't take it the same way with the same energy I gave it, you know, you know, sometimes we just like, yeah, because we don't, we don't have to, we don't accept it. So, and I think the reason we don't say it, I think uh, I was really struggling with this. Like, why don't we say it more? Kind of what you were saying, Byron, we just started saying, I love you, but it's almost like the Marvel universe where I love you is like, I am group. You know, like, man, I love you, dog. I, I love you means everything to men. I'm proud of you. I respect you. You my dog, man. I'm here for you. I am I am group. That's how that's how I love you comes across in our world. You know, I can tell you, man, you can be going through like, man, you know, I love you, dude. Right. That means if you need anything, I got you, man. Like you could you could you can make the you can give me the best gift in the world, man. I love you, dog. You know, man, I could I could be proud of you on your wedding day. Man, I love you, dog. Like it's it, I love you is everything to us. So I'm I'm challenging us on here and challenging our listeners to say more uh, than I just love you. Because for a lot of us, I love you is, is still new. It's still a struggle. But try try to tell the people that you care about, the people in your life, how you really feel about them. And in that moment, because I think when you do it in the moment, it, it's so much better because what made me think about being proud of you? I want to tell you right then and there. And because you never know, you never know what it took you to get there. And you never know if anybody else will tell you that. 
Is it, it 20 people might tell you I love you today, but how many people told you I'm proud of you? So um, I'm gonna get off my emotional soapbox. Happy Father's Day, fellas. I'm proud of you as husbands, fathers, businessmen, finance. Like, dude, I've seen you guys grow. The reason I wanted to get you guys on this podcast with podcast with me was because of the respect I have for you guys and how proud I'm of you guys and what you've accomplished since I've known you. So that's it. Uh, parting shots, what you got for us? I got, I got two things. One, um, I want to echo what you say. Happy Father's Day to all the fellas out there. I know by the time you hear this, it's Monday. Father's Day has passed, but hopefully you had a great one and you got more than socks or the package uh, shirt and tie that come together. Hopefully, uh, those that <laughs> those two, those two are the worst, though. Dog. Any, any, anybody, anybody who you know buys those and stuff like that, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Because you, you're gonna get some tomorrow. Maybe you got multiple kids. One might get a shirt meal. Well, listen, if a kid buys it, that's fine. But you know, if your spouse or you know significant other, hopefully they put a little more thought into it. But you know what? As long as it, if if it made you happy then that's fine, okay? So hopefully you were made happy on that day. But uh, also, I touched on it in my answer to uh, third. Uh, I just want to say this real quick, and I can only speak on it but so much. But in the next several months, possibly possibly a year or two, there's going to be a lot of attention, a lot of attention paid to this podcast. Uh, as, as Ferg and Riley can attest to, uh, CNN already knows about this podcast. <laughs> uh, so uh, I just want to let the listeners know that we will probably be under a microscope in the next year or two. And I said that to say this, I spoke with some people who went back and listened to a lot of our episodes. I mean, like one night trans, like season one type stuff. Like they ain't just go back and listen to the last three episodes. They listen to a lot. And they pointed out some comments that the three of us have made. And um, they just kind of wanted like a further explanation of it. They didn't want an apology. And that's not what I'm about to do here now. And the reason I'm not going to apologize is for this. First off, that conversation, it did make me mindful that no matter how careful I think that we try to be and, and how introspective, I can't even talk, but how smart and articulate we try to be on this show, there will be mistakes made. If you talk for a living or if you talk at length at any time, you're going to say some things that you may regret or, you know, you may say some things that can be interpreted the wrong way. There have been times that I have literally answered one of these brothers' questions and listened to their answers. I've like, during the show, changed my answer because that's the type of show we try to be. We try to be the show that tackles tough topics controversial topics and we discuss it in an open and honest way. And we're also willing to change our mind on, on, on it from time to time, depending on, you know, the arguments that are being made. We try to be as tolerant as possible while being honest about ourselves. Rozzy, I think it was last week. Rozzy said, Hey, I'm not comfortable going to a gay bar. He shouldn't be bashed for it. It doesn't mean he hate gays or anything like that. He just saying that's not where I am now. I've said certain things. Ferg has said certain things. So I'm just saying all that to say that 
we just will continue. We're not going to be like muzzling ourselves. We're still going to say what we mean. But I just want to let the listeners know that we are going to be under a, probably a fairly big microscope. Can't put a time frame on it. That's why I say maybe a year or two from now. But we're going to be under a heavy microscope. And we will always try to be honest, but also thoughtful and, and mindful of people's feelings and, and everything when we're, you know, espousing our opinions on this show. And I'm glad you said and, that, Byron. Go, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Is no, I was just gonna say. Go, go <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. That's like that's like the four way stop sign. It's like I go. No, you, you, you go. <laughs> Rosie, please continue. <laughs> oh man. Uh, no, I, I I can't even remember what I was gonna say now. <laughs> go ahead first. Well, I'll put it out there. So I'm glad you put that out there, Fro, because even without that, the beauty of this show for me is it's growth. Some of my views, because I look, I go back and listen to the the show. The views that I might have had show one have changed somewhat to the views I have. What show ninety four? Show ninety five? Ninety four. Because that's that's life, people. This is life, you know. And I think I've said this before when we've t- talked about how. Certain people have handled other issues in, you know, in media or politics. It's like sometimes saying, hey, you know what? When I was 27 or when I was 35, this is what I thought. But as I grew and learned more about, you know, certain groups or I was introduced and did more research, my my views have changed. So, yeah, you know, we never I don't think we've ever said anything on the show out of just pure hate and just like we're trying to further our agenda. It's just like. At this point in my time, based off I know what, what what I know, this is how I feel about it. And we have open debate. We have different points of views. And we've gone back and talked about things later during the show, learned on it, read on it. And it's that's life. I think we we need more of this in the world than anything else. Everything being so PC and everybody trying to say everything perfectly. Right doesn't get us far. It's having these open conversations, talking about these things and going back and reflecting and thinking about what do you want to talk about this week? Well, Byron said this, so I'm going to bring this back up because I've been thinking about it and I want to see how he feels about this. You know, I joke, I probably push the button more than, um, envelope more than anybody, but I push it for you guys because I want to hear, like even last week with Rizy, I kept kind of like, so what about this? Well, what about this? Well, why would you feel this way? And I know how you feel. But it's also like, maybe you need to think a little, like, why do you really feel that way? If you feel, if you say you feel this way, why do you really feel this way? And, you know, that's it. But I digress. Rizzy, what do you have to say? Let's close on out. Man, after that, nothing. I just um, throwing out another family friendly movie for anybody who's looking. Uh, Luca dropped on uh, Disney Plus. Yeah. And so it's it's a nice little um, movie for anybody who needs to go look at that. And uh, WWE Most Wanted Treasures is out there. So if you uh, like like American Pickers or like the little hunting stuff like that, uh, it's WWE uh, superstars going out looking for um, like, you know, memorabilia from that. So, you know, the, the algorithms, they they I, I watched all those documentaries and bios. And so it's just like, oh, here's all this other wrestling stuff and so you know i ended up watching that 
Oh yeah, the WWE documentaries on A and E have been pretty dope. Yes, I, I watched the one on my favorite wrestler, Bret the Hitman Hart. Yes, that dude was yes. a, that dude was a wrestler. Yeah, mm-hmm. that dude was and a, a good guy. Like a, he was just a good dude. Yeah, and I think that's why I just I just resonated with him. And he just came out. His music was cool. Sunglasses was cool. Pink and black. Like I'm gonna do what I want to do. And uh, even. Uh, Anvil Heart, you know, like it was just like, man, it was just, it was pretty cool, man. Um, good show. But once again, I want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. I'm going to try to watch Fatherhood this, this weekend. Uh, I, Byron said, I, we can, we can make it through. Yeah. They balanced the, the, the it. They balanced it well. They balanced it. Okay. okay. Cause the pre, the preview had, uh, my allergies acting up. A little bit, you know, so, um, but I appreciate you guys. Appreciate our listeners. It's been a fun show as usual. Three brothers, no sense. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. Talk to you next week.